It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello, everybody. It's time for three-point podcast, episode 163. Our championship team includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and our studio home, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone and Jared Fattel of Bally Sports Detroit. Thanks for the listens and make sure you listen all the time. Give us a follow at 3 Point Pod. We'll get into Jared's new career choice in a moment. But Matt, welcome back. I got to tell you, we've had comments from people that thought maybe you were so depressed on that Michigan loss you bailed out on us last week. I mean, I got to be honest. I I was a little down. I know and. (laughs) I listened to the podcast, well, I, you know, I edited it, so I definitely gave it gave it a listen. And you guys held down the fort. You did fine, of course. But I was kind of like what you guys said, that loss by Michigan, and we don't have to get a ton into it. That's, no. how, that's old news. But it was a punch in the gut for sure because especially now seeing how UCLA played with Gonzaga and then Gonzaga lost in the title game, even more so a little bit of a punch in the gut because it's like, man, if Michigan didn't choose to have their worst offensive game of the year – against UCLA, they might have been able to beat Gonzaga and go to the title game, you know? So, 
you know, I, it, it's kind of one of those things. It is what it is. I'm over it now. But, yeah, I, I'm, I was definitely a little down after they lost that game for it, sure. It sucks because, like you said, I mean, we saw that UCLA had it right in their grasp to beat Gonzaga, where we, if, we, if Michigan could have just got through UCLA – and if we would have somehow beat Gonzaga, we would have never, like, Gonzaga would have never really been exposed as, like, a, not necessarily like a fraud, but what we saw in the championship game yesterday where they weren't even the best team in the country this year. Whereas if Michigan would have beat them in the Final Four and then, let's say, we probably would have lost to Baylor, like, it would just, we still would have just remembered, just like how Wisconsin remembers beating that Kentucky team. It would have been the same sort of thing where it almost would have been a championship in itself. Yeah, it does seem a little more depressing now that we've seen what has transpired, especially with uh, Gonzaga finally tasting a loss. And I definitely think Michigan would have played well with them, very well, could have beat them. And, but I'm not sure about Baylor. Baylor looked awful good. Yeah, Baylor was on another level. I mean, from the start. I mean, I told you guys before we started recording. I mean, in all honesty, I only made it to halftime, and partly yeah. because I wasn't overly interested in the game. You know, I, I don't know. I, I figured that it was going to be a pretty good game, but seeing how Baylor was playing, I was kind of like, eh, hey, whatever. I did want to stay up to see one shining moment, so, you know, that was the one thing maybe keeping me awake a little bit, but I knew I'd be able to watch it this morning. But, yeah, Baylor played on another level, and they kind of, like, I don't know, flew under the, uh, under the radar a little bit all regular season. Yeah. They were good all season but then when, once they got to the tournament i mean they just turned it on so see so yeah, a hell of a game by them last night and i mean it's just another gonzaga thing i mean i think i saw the record that their coach he, he's like two and 12 against top three teams in his career you know as a coach on gonzaga they mm-hmm. always come up short in the tournament so i don't know ted you said it when we recorded before the tournament started that you just didn't think they were going to do it Hard right. to trust them in the tournament, even though they played as well as they did. Well, it made me nervous when they made it to the championship game, but uh, uh, yeah, it's so tough to do. I mean, it's still, you know, you know, the '76 team is like the Dolphins. <laughs> they opened up the champagne last night and said, "Yep, we're still the last undefeated team," right? For sure. You know, and I understand not having a big interest in that game. Uh, if you had your bracket still alive, it might have kept you awake. I know I want to thank uh, Rivals Tap House and Grill again for participating in our bracket challenge. I think we had a, a record amount of entries again this year, didn't we? Yeah, it went up over 120. I think, I, I forget the exact numbers the previous years, but it has grown every year. You know, more people keep joining, over 120. So that's a really good amount. And the top three winners are three of Jared's boys, not Jared's. Jared ended up not falling out, you know, but yeah. we have Jared, Jared's boys on the prizes. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, uh, we can just shout them out. I mean, the top three, it was uh, Ethan Quinn, right? And then second place was Drake, uh, Nover. Drake Nover. And then third place was Cooper Clapp. I mean, I think it just goes to show you guys that it's it's a young man's game nowadays. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of passing you guys by a little bit. Is I mean, really, how else do you look at that? Three snot-nosed kids uh, end up running away with it. I mean, how else do you talk about it? I, I guess you're right. They probably have nothing else uh, to do but just study the brackets and the teams, right? Yeah. They don't, uh, they don't... <laughs> and – and get really lucky with the Baylor pick, let's be <laughs> yeah. honest. But I, I, you, you said snot-nosed kids. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to bring up before we move on to maybe more college basketball and all the other stuff. Uh, you guys talked about last week. One thing I wish I could have been on with you guys to talk about was some of the players, some of the high school players in Michigan that quit on the season basically because they wanted to go on spring break mm-hmm. for, you know, go to Florida or wherever they're going for spring break. So they quit on their team when their teams are in the middle of a playoff run. And so I just have to give my two cents on that before yeah. we kind of move on from it all together. Do it. I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't believe anyone could do that because I'm thinking back to when I played and you guys, you know, as I was editing the podcast and listening to it, I was like, 
I was like fuming because I wanted to chime in as you guys were talking. Yeah. Because right, I was right there with you guys. There's no way. There is no way. Even if I was the last guy on the bench, that I would have ever quit on my team like that. And I think Ted, you threw out that uh, Jared's dad, John, like even didn't want to leave like a t-ball season or you know something like that. Yeah. My parents, like we would always go, you know, on a camping trip or you know do something, go up north in Michigan or something in the summer when we were on summer break. They would have to schedule our vacations like that around my summer baseball schedule because I would throw the biggest hissy fit in the world if I had to miss a summer baseball game. There was no way I wanted to miss anything. And then into high school, I mean, we did a lot of stuff. Jared, I mean, I know you guys probably did all the stuff like the passing league. And for basketball, we went to Muskegon. We had a Flint league in basketball we'd go play. We'd play scrimmages in Lansing. So we had basketball, summer baseball, obviously football. I never missed any of that stuff, even if my family was going up north and stuff like that. Like, Jared, you were talking about not wanting to miss your family reunion, and you almost like, I mean, it was like <laughs> like emotional almost. It was yeah. the same thing. Like, if my parents were like, hey, we got this thing coming up, and I had like a seven-on-seven passing league, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll come late, but I'm not missing this stuff. So I was right there with you guys. I mean, you know, it's to each their own. Some people aren't that committed or maybe don't care as much, and their parents don't care also, I guess. But, man. There's no way in hell I would I would skip out on a, a playoff run to go down to Florida or something. I got to tell you, this is the quote of uh, last weekend to me, uh, a high school coach in Michigan. I asked him point blank. I said, "Well, what would you do if if players left your team?" And he said, "They'd be dead to me." <laughs> that's about that's about, that's about the how truth. you put it. I mean, it's. Like I said, am I shocked by it? No. Am I a little bit surprised by the total amount of people that are doing it? Yeah. But it's crazy to me, like, how some people will circle, like, spring break, and and it's almost, like, a little bit sad, and, like, how people will, like, circle a spring break vacation, and, like, you would think that it's, like, they're going to, like, the Super Bowl. Like, you know, it's obviously awesome. We all love going on spring break, but it's, like, it's not, like, what we talked about last week. It's not going anywhere. You know, and the point was brought up, you know, the kids are basically all online right now. The A lot of these kids are seniors. They've already been accepted into their colleges. It's like, just take spring break next week. Like, just right. move it. I, it's like high school is such a joke. They have such a stranglehold, like, on these classes. Like, they actually, like, really matter. Once you get into a college, you could literally not take another test the rest of your life, and it's not going to affect it whatsoever. Yeah. So, it's just, it's yeah. just it was kind of dumb that they – it just was – like, I feel like they're all regretting it now. Uh, I don't know how you wouldn't be, really. Maybe what really comes into mind when, when this game topic came up my senior year, uh, spring break, our baseball season had already started and a bunch of my friends, like a group of, it was like five or six guys, five or six girls, all were going on a cruise. They were going on a cruise. I forget where they left out of. It was probably out of Miami or something like that. Went on a cruise and like two of the friends, like parents went as chaperones. And so, you know, parents were there. So it was all like cool with everyone else's parents and stuff. And I was going to go, but I didn't want to miss. I mean, we had, I think, Jared, you were talking about voluntary practice during spring break when you're running track. It was the same idea with baseball. It was like voluntary practice. But I was like, you know, senior leader and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, no, I can't skip on a baseball practice. Another thing, too, I was dating a girl who was younger. So she wasn't going to be going on the cruise. So that's what what (laughs) I had to do with that. Yeah, that kind of came into play, too. But, man, when they came back from that cruise, the stories they were telling, I mean, they still talk about it to this day. Like, if we all get together, they talk about stuff they did on that cruise and, you know, like the pictures and everything. I'll be honest, I was a little bit like, 
man, what am I doing? Why did I stay back yeah. for baseball practice and not go on this cruise? But at the same time, I mean, like you said, Jared, I've, I've done plenty of stuff since then. It's not like it went anywhere. So, so yeah, that's, that's just something that came to mind. when that, all that uh, Yeah, up. that's brutal. That's, yeah. That sounds like one hell of a fun time on that cruise, if right. I can lie. And yep. to be honest, if I was in that situation, I mean, like you said, my, maybe I didn't have a girlfriend. I probably would have went, depending on where. I don't know what the like. It it all depends on what your, what your like program is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I used to skip track practice, but then again, it's like track is something you can practice anywhere. Track is something that I was absolutely horrendous at. I wasn't. I wasn't like you said a senior leader, so I was like I didn't really feel too bad about leaving. It was basically expected that they were leaving. I remember our track coach, like Coach Beldiga, used to like go to like Washington D.C like every year with like the history program like the field history. trip right? yeah and yet they would still be like practices like so it's kind of like what the heck am i going to the practice the coach isn't here why am i going to these practices right. but anyway yeah it's crazy that it's happening is it is that something that's going on anywhere near you matt or is like the season not even taking place right now no it, the season's taking place and after i saw that stuff i did kind of like i just did a, a few like google searches to see if stories like that came up and i didn't see anything anyway like in the charlotte area so unless it just hasn't made the news um, I, I don't think it is. So maybe it's just something about like people from Michigan trying to get out of that weather and everything for spring break. Maybe it's a bigger deal or something. I don't know, but just crazy. Well, I know, you know, all three of us were pretty dedicated obviously to our sports and, you know, being on the teams. My one quick story I'll share with you. I don't, Jared, you've never heard this. It might be a lame story. Might not. I remember I was in eighth grade and we were in the uh, eighth grade Ovid Elsie tournament. It was a high school basketball tournament or eighth grade basketball tournament. It was it, every year over at Elsie hosted it. We had happened to make it to the championship game, and the day of the championship game at school, I, I was sick. I, I had the flu, and I puked in school and had to come home. And uh, I remember my mom said, "Well, because I'm begging her I'm, t- that I to go to that game. I was begging, you know, I'm delirious with fever." And she says, well, you'll have to run it by your dad when he gets home from work, you know. And he'd come home at work every day, same exact time. You knew when, when he was pulling in that driveway. And about five minutes before he came home, I went outside behind the back door of our house, Jared. I put my forehead on the brick to cool it down. And he came in and put his hand on my forehead. Now nah, you, you seem to be okay. And I got to play that night. That's how dedicated I was. I was sicker than hell. That's awesome. So it was your, like, Michael Jordan flu game. I, I, I'm not sure I played well, but at least I was there and we, we lost. <laughs> well, according to you, you were Benny the Jet Rodriguez in those days. In, in so. baseball, in baseball, not necessarily in basketball. All right, before we That's before all. we move on and talk basketball and, and some other things going on in the world of sports, including the Tigers, Jared, congratulations, man. We got an ESPN guy in Matt and now formerly Fox Sports Detroit, but now Bally's Sports Detroit, and you are an official employee. Yep. Tell um, us about it. First day was on Monday. Uh, basically an entry-level job, you know, PA position, uh, production assistant, essentially video editor for basically like their pregame shows and the in-game like type of. So if you're watching the the Tigers or the Pistons or the Red Wings, like their, the pregame show beforehand uh, where it's got video montages of whatever. Uh, basically, a PA put that together. Anything that's a video of anything, mm-hmm. a PA did that. So that's basically what I'm doing. Uh, but, yeah, leaving, uh, moving out of the parents' house um, for, you know, first time, really, I mean, other than to go to school, first time ever. So it's a big step in that sense. And uh, the thing that's kind of like a little bit scary about this position, I'm not going to lie, um, is the amount of hockey and baseball I am now <laughs> going to have to watch. I mean, I'm basically watching if – at least I'm watching half of the Tigers games this year, which is more than my entire life. If I even watch 80 games, 
Uh, but I will say this much. I mean, so far, this Akil Badu guy, he hit another walk-off like single today. But if this guy stays on the roster, I tweeted this out a few days ago, he has the potential to be like a Curtis Granderson type guy where I don't know what it is about the speedy outfielders that you know can hit a home run that I'm just like gravitated to. Uh, but something about this guy is just must watch. I, I need him to stay on the roster. I need him to keep playing well so that I can buy one of his jerseys. Really, <laughs> do you know who we're talking about, Matt? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've seen he, he's what he's got two home runs already, and yeah, he hit a grand slam the other night. So yep. I kind of forget like his like crazy backstory. He did he like play in the minors for a long time, and this is his first shot or something, but. He's got like a really cool backstory, right? Yeah, and then part part of the deal with the Tigers too is he has to stay on their roster all season long, or they can lose him on waivers. You know, they can't send him down. If they send him down, there's a chance they lose him. Right. No, it's definitely cool. And yeah, congrats, Jared, on the job. And you know, I think part of it too, like yeah, you're going to be watching a lot of Tigers and Red Wings, which right now both teams aren't looking all that hot. But it's a different environment when you're like working on the productions. You know, and even if the Tigers stink or the Red Wings stink, everyone else, like, the energy is still there. You yeah. know, everyone's going to be in on the games. You're going to be able to go to the games, so that's going to be awesome, too. So, so yeah, you're going to be watching a lot more hockey and baseball, but it's a lot different than just, like, sitting on your couch at home trying yeah. to force yourself to watch it. It is, yeah, and that's one thing I've noticed just, like, being there. They're, they all are diehard fans. I mean, there's a reason that they're there in the first place, but they all love, you know, they know everything about the Red Wings. They know everything about this, like, the Pistons, who I'm not going to lie, maybe watch one game of the entire year. Uh, they know everything about the Tigers. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely the right spot to be if you love sports. And, I mean, if well, you guys know me, that's I love sports. And that's so. what you went to school for, so congrats again. Now, it's, it's still so new. You're, you're kind of just been interfacing with the office people. You haven't Have you met the, any of the talent yet? Uh, no, not, I mean, uh, actually Greg Kelser was, he was like, he came in when, when we were sitting there uh-huh. at, just cause we had to show him what was going to be on the, you know, something that he needed to see beforehand is like the, I don't, like, it's like a edited thing. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I talked to him for two seconds, That's didn't cool. not necessarily met him, meet him, but yeah, the talent's in there. I mean, Craig Monroe, I, he was, he was there when I was there. So they're all there. I mean, they're just, they're coworkers now, uh, essentially. Well, I was like, only advice I can give you, Jared, on from uncle Ted to Jared, you're you have a girlfriend which is cool but don't let anything hold you back if you want to keep <laughs> going forward in that career you know you yep. gotta, just like maddie what you went out to uh, connecticut and made your move down to carolina yeah yeah I, I would say the same thing i mean i would take any and all opportunities opportunities you can get if they're like hey do you want to come in on an off day i mean unless you absolutely have something you have to do I would go in yeah. as much as you can, shadow as much as you can. Any opportunity you can take to see even another position, even a position you have absolutely no interest in, go check it out because maybe you will like it. But, yeah. yeah, I would take advantage of every opportunity you have there because you never know. You never know what it will lead to. But it's awesome that you got that. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, everything you guys said, I'll, you know, put it in my cap, and it's, 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 there's a lot to learn, you know, it's obviously up to me at this point to, you know, make the most of the opportunity, like you guys have said, so now it's just, now it's time to put in the work, pretty much. So. Congrats, young man. Now, don't bail on three-point podcasts, that's no. all I can say. Oh, no, I can't, <laughs> I, uh, I, hey, I mean, you guys make me look so smart, I mean, why would I ever leave here, <laughs> but. Well, and you don't want to you don't want to lose those uh, those privileges at Rival Step House oh, yeah. Grill either. So. Oh hell yeah, seriously. Uh, 
<laughs> no, seriously, that's enough to keep me going. But yeah, like uh, I'll be leaving here. You know, I'm not gonna be in the studio anymore, uh, at least for the time being. It seems like every once in a while you'll show up. Every once in a while, yep, yep, I'll show up. So you're gonna have to make sure you know everything uh, stays under control around here. You know, oh I've, boy, the pressure's on me to hit the right buttons now. <laughs> make sure the mics are on. I mean, that's burned us a couple times. Uh, <laughs> conference call, yeah, the whole conference thing. call, everything. So yeah, so I'm excited. But um, well, again, congrats, man. We're proud of you. So good job. We look forward to uh, we look forward to uh, interfacing with you down at the at the different venues down the road when you're yep. all settled in. Yep, yep. Sounds great. All right, guys, we, we got a lot to get into on this program, and we're going to get right to it right after this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street, give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Taphouse and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. All right, so the tournament's over. Uh, what do you guys think in terms of, we'll get to Baylor and, uh, you know, the Gonzaga game and the Final Four itself. Um, but for my money, this is the best tournament I've ever seen. Uh, it, this tournament had everything. It just, uh, just a few like the things that stuck out to me. Oral Roberts. I mean, this the ultimate like kind of cheat code offense they had, where they just had two guys that could actually strap it, uh, and they just ran pick and pop with them and th- to death. Uh, Loyola. I mean, what upset it was against Illinois. Uh, Oregon State and Syracuse, just two like kind of lower level seeds that made great runs. Abilene Christian, Oregon, UCLA, the whole Pac-12, the Big Ten, like just faltering. Michigan, despite injuries, still kind of thriving in a sense. UCLA's run. I, it just. The tournament had all the first first and second round upsets, but it also had what we wanted at the end of it, which was the team that we felt was the 100% best team, basically from the start of the season to the end. Uh, Baylor proved it against Gonzaga in the championship. We got the you know matchup with the Titans yep. in the championship, along with all these upsets uh, and great storylines along the way. It just maybe it's because we didn't have it for a couple years, but I truly think this is the best tournament I've ever seen. No, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think it's if you're if you're like a, you don't have to be like a basketball junkie, but if you truly enjoy and appreciate college basketball, I think this tournament did give you basically everything you want out of March Madness. The crazy upsets, buzzer beaters, you know, individual performances that were awesome. And then, yeah, two really good teams at the end in the championship game. I saw some people hating on it because, and I do think about it sometimes in the tournament when there are upsets that, you know, knock out some of the like storied programs, the people who you'd want, you know, maybe just, maybe like Michigan state, you kind of want to see a team like them in there, North Carolina, you know, you want to see them 
and you know you, you love the upsets when Loyola wins, when Oral Roberts wins. You you love seeing those upsets. But then when the Final Four are like, I mean, because really, like, did anyone really watch Baylor this year? Unless you were yeah. a Big Twelve fan, you know, or even Gonzaga, like we talked about, where you barely even watch them because they're on the West Coast. Um, you know, so I just think about that sometimes. Like, yeah, upsets are cool, but when like when the big boys, I guess, get knocked out, when it gets to like the Elite Eight and Final Four, and you're looking at some of those teams, and you're like, I don't even know who the hell some of these teams are. And I've got to sit here and watch these games. Yeah. Sometimes maybe that can be a little bit of a letdown. But if you actually enjoy college basketball like we do, then, you know, you sit back and watch. But, you know, so I just think about that sometimes. And obviously Michigan getting knocked out. You know, I obviously wanted them to go farther. But overall, it was an incredible tournament for sure. Yeah, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it simmer a little bit. I mean, it's, it's a fresh reaction to say the greatest of all time because, you know – all the points you brought up, Jared, were all legit. But then you look at the at the final four. One was a just maybe the, the best game of yes. all time, but the first game was terrible, and the and the national championship game was terrible. I'll say the only round that didn't really. I mean, the championship game, it's always going to deliver. I mean, uh, yes, it wasn't in like a Chris Jenkins like last type game, but when you think about it, it's like it, that's not the game. You, that's like not the storylines you remember. If you remember Virginia's run, you remember the Virginia versus Purdue game. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about the championship game because we had such a great game right before that. Yeah. Uh, in the Gonzaga game, the kind of like the trademark game of the tournament, the the game that you said could be the greatest game of all time. So the fact that you get that in the Final Four, I'm not too worried that the national championship was a little bit of a dud because Baylor was just that good. Yeah. Like it, it just it wasn't like it was you know like UConn versus uh, Butler, whatever the year Kemba made it, where it was like fifty to forty one type right. dud. Like this was just two teams, like just one team just had one hell of a night, is what it came down to. But Matt, you're you're kind of like somewhat not necessarily an argument, but what you throw out, some people say sometimes about the tournament. I'll say this compared to like college football, where it's decided either by like a computer or a bunch of people in a room voting for who's in the Final Four. One hundred percent, the college basketball season like championship is decided on the court. Where you're never going to get cheated out, like a team like TCU. Remember the very first turn, uh, college football playoff. Obviously, it's a little bit less like that now with Bama just so dominant. But you're oh, it's always going to be on the team's shoulders where it's up to them whether they're going to win it all or not. And sometimes you don't get that in every sport. And that's the difference between uh, between basketball and college football. You know, I kind of joke tweeted about what's the greatest sports Saturday out of the calendar year. It, it's got to be the Final Four, even though you do have. Uh, the final four in football on a Saturday, I think, but you'd, you'd have to give the edge to basketball, wouldn't you? I, I mean, I think it depends on the matchups because, like you said, that's the first one this year was a complete dud. So, you know, and it wasn't necessarily like, like two story programs or anything. Right. So I, I agree. I, I love Final Four Saturday. It's fantastic, but sometimes it's a little bit of a letdown. That, that second game, the UCLA Gonzaga game, saved everything because that game was just incredible. But, you know, I think it's one of those things that talking about college football, I mean, it is decided on the field. Obviously, we, we've talked about it a ton that we'd like to see the playoff expanded for college football. But it just seems like to me, like, sometimes in, in March Madness, like, you could be – I mean, Gonzaga did make a run, and, you know, they made it to the championship. But it's such like a, a, a one-game deal that if you are the best team all year – I mean, think about Illinois. Yeah. Illinois was probably the hottest team in the country going into the tournament and just kind of like – laid an egg against Loyola and lost. So, like, sometimes I don't think the NCAA tournament, March Madness, is necessarily the best way to decide who the best team is. Because if you looked at it, yeah, Baylor got hot in the tournament, but they definitely weren't the best team in the country all season. I mean, they were barely even talked about all season because they were losing. They had a COVID break and stuff like that. So, 
So while I get what you're saying, Jared, you know, sometimes the, the tournament, it's just about who got hot at the right time. It's not necessarily about who's the best team all year. That's true, but I mean, I'm, I mean, Baylor did go twenty-eight and two. That's not too yeah. Bad. There, it, I there's no perfect way to do it. I, I will say, like compared to like, the, I do I I don't want to change it. I guess I, I think we're all in agreement <laughs> that we don't necessarily want to change the tournament. Yes, it's a little bit flawed in that sense, but I it I just I can't I will never change it. Uh, and this may be a bold take here. I'm gonna say it. I had a lot more fun. And a lot better time watching the college basketball season this year than I did college football, or really even like I would say NFL. And and maybe it's because Michigan was just absolutely terrible in football, and they were arguably the best team in basketball. So maybe it's just a Michigan thing saying that. But the things we are we talked about back in college football season, where it's you know it's the same team every year. Uh, the college football playoff, like it, it's Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Basically, those four teams every single year, and it's the same two teams every year. Pretty much the same one team with Alabama winning the championship every year. But the, it was such a joke of like a college football season where Michigan Ohio State didn't even happen. Uh, Arizona State played two games. Like, it, <laughs> but whereas the college basketball season, like you got to tip your cap to the NCAA in this sense that I felt like this was about as good of a college basketball season as we could have got, and I just loved every second of it. I, I I'm never going to take it for granted again, like we did before the COVID. It helps too that Michigan State was stumbling all year. You yes. know that that makes it a little more enjoyable yes. too. But I I think I, the, the NCAA tournament, it just to me I don't understand the people who are against expanding the college football playoff because maybe like a little bit to your point, like talking about how enjoyable the college basketball season is. Like at, expanding the playoff in football would only make the regular season more enjoyable to me because you got teams like Cincinnati this past year that really had a legitimate case to make the playoff, but obviously they didn't. Or if you lose that one game, you're not just completely out of it. You can still play for a spot in the playoffs. So that I just – I don't know what you guys think. I, I think we've talked about it before, and you guys are in support of expanding the playoff for football. But I just think if you watch the tournament in college basketball, obviously you're not going to expand it to 64 teams or 68 teams in football. But, like, any sort of expanding of the playoff – it would make the regular season better, in my opinion. Yeah, and the next logical steps out, it's got to be eight teams coming up in the next five years. Don't you guys think that's I, definitely going to happen? I know I you're against it. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not necessarily against it. It's just we have a Nick Saban problem. Like right. it's really as long as this guy is goddamn coaching. Yeah, college football is going to be so lopsided. I don't know. I don't know how a team like it's like. How does a team like Michigan, where they are now, like how do you even like paint the picture of like winning a national title? That's what I kind of love about college basketball is there's, like you said, like, I mean, it is the worst part about the tournament, but it's also the best part is you could honestly pick probably 20 different teams that could legit legitimately win the tournament. Like once you get the seeding and everything. Right. Like, so I just, it's just something about that, that I just, I love it. I don't know. I think we're all in agreement. We all love it for sure. I mean, it's, it's as good as it gets. It's a so, three weeks in March, you know, it's just unreal. So what do you guys think is going to, like, what are you guys, like, let's say three things at the top of your head. What are you going to remember about this tournament? For me, it's going to be one, it's going to be Oral Roberts. I, they were a damn good fifth. Like, it's crazy. Like Ohio state kind of did get shafted a little bit with that matchup because you just watch it even against Arkansas when Oral Roberts did finally lose. Like they probably should have won that game. Uh, and they just had two stud players in Max Abbas and uh, the O'Banner or whatever heck the guy's right, name O'Banner. was. That was the pick-and-pop guy. Um, I'm going to remember them. I'm going to remember UCLA. Uh, I tweeted this out, but you talk about a team that's just fun to watch, could play any style, small ball. They could run with Gonzaga and Timmy and all those guys and just so many weapons. Uh, they were a lot of fun to watch. And then 
I think you just it's going to be the Michigan disappointment. I when you really look back on it, you the team had a championship caliber team and they just ultimately came up short. That's what I'm going to remember about this tournament. Not Baylor was really dominant. You can't throw that out, but those those three things are what stick out to me. Yeah, I'm not going to and I'm only going to pick a couple. I'm going to say Michigan. I'm not going to go off on and say disappointment. Yeah, it was disappointing the way they lost, but I'm going to go on the more positive note on their run in the tournament to make it to the Elite 8 or the Final five, as I like to say. But uh, the number one for me, obviously, is that that game Saturday night, the UCLA game, was just an incredible, incredible finish. And it was, they were going at it from start to finish. It just was, that's how basketball needs to be played. That's what I remember. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm echoing those two from Ted. I mean, I, I was definitely disappointed when Michigan lost, but right. That, it's still an awesome run to the Elite Eight, especially with losing livers. But, like, you still felt like there could have been more. You felt right, like Michigan yeah. could have actually made it maybe to the title game. But I'm not, like, disappointed in them. That game, you know, Gonzaga and UCLA. But the maybe the biggest thing to me, because I'm a Michigan fan, because I follow the Big Ten so closely, is there. I, I think it's, like, pretty obvious why the Big Ten doesn't have a title in 20 years. Is they, I feel like their style of play just a lot of times doesn't translate in the tournament. You know, they beat up on each other all season because they all play like a similar style uh, in the, you know, Big Ten regular season. Then come tournament time, it just doesn't translate. You go up against an Oral Roberts or you go up against a Loyola and you can't beat them. So the Big Ten is just, I think they're always a really good conference. But, I mean, there's a reason they keep coming up short in the tournament. So hopefully Michigan can turn that around maybe next year. Yeah, I mean, even in the Big Ten, who, who could you even look at? What program? could even compare to the way that Baylor plays. I mean, Iowa, but Maybe. what's funny is, like, Iowa's run and gun, but they just don't have the athletes. So right. it's like it's like a team like Oregon literally just basically was a lot like the Gonzaga-Baylor game where it was like they were up by 15 the entire way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa's pretty much it. But Iowa, you know, as long as they keep getting these, like, kind of three-star, like, level guys, like, I don't know how they're ever going to be able to make the next step. Michigan – I don't know. Michigan kind of plays a little bit like they, it almost seems like Michigan plays like kind of how their opponent plays, but they really slog it down, especially in the tournament kind of seemed that way. But I don't know. They, you are right, Matt. It's just why we, we play such boring styles. And this is what I was saying, like with the PAC 12 is like, w- there's gotta be some new sort of blood and, and it's the way basketball is going. You think that like any, if Gonzaga would have just outscored so many teams in the big 10, if they were in the big 10 this year, so I think that that's the way you have to play in the tournament. We didn't have any teams that did that. Do you think Michigan's on the right path with Juwan oh, and yeah. the style of play that he's going to continue to to have down there in Ann Arbor? I, I believe so. I mean, it wasn't – like I said, I mean, I, it feels like it's a little bit slower style. I mean, as long as we have Dickinson, mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to just completely to totally run and gun. But I don't know. I mean, Matt, did you think anything about Juwan's coaching? I mean, we were going back to a game that was a little bit ago, but I'm honestly curious. Did you think that he coached the game well against UCLA? I mean, honestly, I do. I I think maybe he was trying to find certain matchups, and I think they were just, like, missing shots. I don't know. It's one of those things, like, you can criticize the coaching or maybe, like, different rotations or whatever, and I know people have criticized him. I I think you guys talked about it last week, about how they clearly were making a point to get Dickinson the ball. But that was, like, if Dickinson would have been making those shots, he had a mismatch down low against UCLA's big guys, and Dickinson was just kind of missing shots. They were missing so many layups. Bogdan mm-hmm. was obviously off. So as far as, like, putting it on Juwan, I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily do that. When you guys aren't making shots, you're not making shots. I mean, they held UCLA to 51, and UCLA scored, what, 88 or something against Gonzaga? So yeah, 90. I'm not necessarily putting it area at 90. So I'm not putting it on Juwan. But I, I am curious to see, once he starts reeling in, like he's got the number one class coming in, 
you know, some of these maybe one-and-done type players to see if their style of play kind of does change. So I'll be really curious to see what they do. I got another question, sliding it over to the other school in state. Uh, with the Dane Fife move down to Indiana, is there something we need to read into that, or is that just a matter of him saying, hey, I'm going to go home? But it was kind of a lateral move, I thought. Is it because he knows the writing not, writing's on the wall that he's not the first candidate to replace Izzo, that maybe it's that was, Stevens? That, that was kind of my first thought. Is I, I know like the Indiana thing, the connection there. But I thought, well, maybe, yeah, like you just said, maybe he sees that, you know, Izzo, I mean, the light is at the end of the tunnel. I mean, it's coming up here with Izzo. Oh, the yeah. next, who knows, handful of years. And maybe there's just a vibe that Fife wasn't going to be the successor. So that that was definitely my first thought. Maybe he saw it as like I'm getting out of here while I can. It was crazy to see. I didn't I didn't realize this. Maybe you did, Ted, or you, Jared, that the Michigan State staff has the whole staff has been together together since 2011. Isn't that amazing? Fife is the first yeah first person to leave since 11. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it, it, I think it. I think like you said, it, it leads more to Indiana. I don't know if it necessarily is bad on Izzo. I mean. The guy's like he's been with Izzo so long that right. I don't I don't think there's anything different in Izzo that would make him say like this guy now. Mm-hmm. So I just think it was I think it's more of like almost like a challenge where I think he's saying like you know this start in, fresh start fresh and like we really want to build something here at Indiana and I think he's just you know kind of maybe just sick of the same thing over and over at Michigan State and I just think he's looking for a new challenge. I, I'm you know I'm the first guy that's normally gonna say something bad about Michigan State but I just. The guy like pretty much bleeds green at this point. That I don't think that it's necessarily something that's going on internally there. Okay, just just wanted to throw that out there. Also, a uh, little off topic. We're we've been talking about the men's basketball tournament, but uh, you know what? I I really enjoyed watching some of these uh, women's games. Man, they go at it, and there's some really interesting drama on the women's side. You know, we had the early drama about the weight rooms that was the big topic, but. Man, they, there was some good basketball, and that was on your network, Matt. I thought you guys did a great job with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the women's tournament was fantastic. And, I mean, the, from the elite, really the whole tournament, but from the elite eight on, basically every game was like a nail-biter, drama, like you said, great coaches, great players and stuff like that. So, I mean, I know maybe women's basketball isn't everyone's cup of tea or whatever, but if you enjoy, like, high-drama, high high-level basketball, it really was, it was a good tournament. Oh, it really was, you know, and watching that championship game, I don't know if you if you watched it come right down the stretch where Stanford won it by a point, but you knew darn well Ari McDonald was going to get that ball at the end. And if you watch the replay of that final play, I mean, the triple team came out at her, and there was a girl just wide open yeah, on the that, right wing. It, the the last play, uh, it was a great tournament. I'm not gonna lie. I watched I watched the final four. Uh, the Arizona Stanford game was a great. Or, uh, it was Stanford versus um, South the Carolina. Final four. Yes, South very, Carolina. that was a very good game. But that final shot was she like took like probably thirty eight dribbles <laughs> in the matter of like ten seconds and yeah, went nowhere. Right. I mean, it was not a good look, but just a great tournament. I, like I said, great tournament. I'm, the women's tournament, the the whole layout of a tournament, I feel like is is awesome. No matter what, you know who's playing it, it's going to be entertaining. That's why you know I've always wondered why they didn't necessarily move it to either right before the men's tournament, but the schedule ended up kind of working out perfect where a lot of the big time games were not overlapping. But still, I feel like it could be changed where those first round, first couple rounds are not going to be on the same days as the men's tournament. Yeah, they could get more eyes on it for sure if the first rounds were on different days. It, it did work out real well for the Final Four and the championship game, having it all to themselves. And it, yeah. it was it was fun, entertaining basketball without a doubt. All right, anything else in basketball, fellas, we want to get into it all? 
I'll just say this about uh, Baylor and like Scott Drew is, I mean, have you ever seen three guards like that no. on, a, on a on a team? Like on in ge- like on generally in like your entire in your guys' entire lifetime, have you seen a backcourt like that? Detroit Pistons with <laughs> Vinny Johnson, Isaiah, and Dumars. That's well, about I mean, if we're it. doing that, I could say no. Kevin I'm Durant, just saying Kyrie you know, Irving and James Arden. That was, well, a, that but, was yeah, kind of a joke. But. <laughs> Matt, I mean, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe there's a Kentucky team or yeah. something, or you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But yeah, they're they're crazy impressive. I mean, they've interchangeable. They, they are. They all play defense. They all can score. It's it's, it's just so much fun to watch them. But Scott Drew, this guy, he's kind of like gets a bad rap for whatever reason. I feel like that's kind of have has subsided now. But it's crazy to me that I didn't realize that he's been there for as long as he has. I didn't either. 2003. And 2003. And I didn't realize the, the program that he took over was like kind of about as bad as a program B where murder. Uh, there's like murders happening within, <laughs> amongst the players and there's all these sanctions and stuff. Yeah. And the fact that he's took the program from that to what it is now, which I think for the for probably the next, you know, at least five years, he's got so much momentum rolling where they're going to be a premier program oh, yeah. now. And it's just crazy to me. And you just got to tip your hat to the guy. I, I, I loved his post game press conference. He seems like he's a really good, like, talker and, yeah. like, a really good interview. So I, I'm a Scott Drew fan now. Hard not to be. Guy coached him up, man. He's, he's, he's pretty well set down there in Waco, without a doubt. All right, guys. I think uh, I think we've got it covered in college basketball. So let's uh, let's finish with a little potpourri right after this. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, Call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. The Masters is is this week and... The best time of the sports calendar is is these last two weeks where the tournament leads right into the Masters. We didn't have that last year with the Masters in November. Uh, but I'm so ready for this tournament. I've already seen the pictures. The flowers are in full bloom. Uh, but I want to start before we get into maybe the actual like tournament and things itself. I just want to read off the famous like Masters dinner that they have every single year. Past I Masters knew, champion. I knew Jared was going to bring this up. <laughs> I mean, is it? It's just. It, it's just. I, I love the idea of this. It's so cool. But so Dustin Johnson, who ran away with it last year, probably the most forgettable Masters we've had because he was such a just dominate. That was the one in November, course. right? Yes, yeah, dominated the course. It was such a weird year. But let me just walk through what he's serving at his famous, you know, Masters dinner. So his appetizers: pigs in a blanket uh, <laughs> and lobster and corn fritters. I mean, are you serious? Just that right alone? Sounds probably, pretty good. And, and you know, all this stuff is first class, like the best these items can possibly be. Uh, first course: house salad or Caesar salad, family style sides, mashed potatoes, and spring vegetables. Main course, filet mignon and miso marinated sea bass. I, I don't even like fish, but that's, that sea bass is probably so damn good. Uh, and then the dessert, peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream. First, the thoughts on Dustin Johnson's uh, meal, and then maybe a couple of things that you would for sure want to have on your menu if you somehow, some way, won the Masters one day. I mean, that's a pretty solid menu to me. I mean, filet, I, yeah. I would definitely have the filet over the sea bass. 
but uh, that sounds pretty good. I'm not. I have to give a little thought on what I would have on my menu. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I mean, pigs in a blanket. I, I saw some people ripping on him, like, how the hell do you have pigs in a blanket at you know your master's dinner? But pigs in a blanket have to be like the most clutch appetizer. <laughs> it is. You can laugh about them, and we talk about like Super Bowl food. But if there's pigs in a blanket out at a party you're at, a barbecue, you know, whatever, I think everyone grabs the pigs in a blanket. They're they're just so good. And the dessert, peach cobbler. I mean, I know people have peach cobbler all over the place, but, like, in the South, cobbler is, like, very serious. People take their cobbler, like, very seriously. And I have never had peach cobbler or, you know, other fruit-type cobblers until I came down here. So I bet, like you said, it's top notch there at Augusta. It's probably so good. So I, I'm I'm a fan of his uh, his menu. Yeah, I'd have a little vanilla ice cream on that as well. Now let's get it clear. Pigs in the blanket. There's two different types of pigs in the blanket. We talking hot dogs in crescent rolls? Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Little, little mini hot dogs. That's actually a great question. I'm pretty sure he's talking about bacon wrapped wieners. Okay. Is that what I thought, is it? No, I, I'm pretty sure it's like the crescent roll. I think one. you're right. I'm pretty actually. sure I saw it. Yeah, mini hot dogs in crescent roll. Yeah. You're probably right. Uh, it, it, those are damn good. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Either either one of those two things are very good. Th- something I've never had, but he has on the menu, lobster fritter. It sounds maybe like the best thing ever made. It, it's a corn fritter, oh, basically, okay. but it's, it's like with lobster. It's a casserole with lobster. Yes. Oh, that does I mean, sound delicious. I mean, it sounds incredible. I've always been kind of the guy that's, like, anti, like, stuff that's, like, super expensive like this, like mashed potatoes and spring vegetables. I mean, that's probably the only thing I would swap out on his meal. Like, give me some French fries. <laughs> give me some French fries or onion rings, you know, or you could have that stuff as well for people that want to eat healthy. But, I mean, are you kidding me? I'm going to have vegetables next to, like, everything else here. It's just kind of a joke. Uh, <laughs> but some of the big storylines going into the Masters uh, are some of the big favorites. I'll just run through it. Jordan Spieth, for those who aren't familiar, the, we talked about him a, uh, like probably a couple months ago with the whole storyline, how he's kind of making a resurgence after his you know famous fall apart on in 2016 at the Masters where he, like, I don't even – he went in the water, like, twice in a row and basically cost himself a green jacket after playing so well. Uh, but he's back. He's the overall favorite. Ten to one odds. He just won the Texas Open last week. He's playing really good. This guy is going to be must watch whether he's playing really good or he's falling apart. It, it's going to be one or the other. I don't think there's a way that he finishes top ten. I think it's either he misses the cut or he's in contention on Sunday. Um, well, he's hot right now, coming off red hot right now. Yep. Uh, and it just seems like he's got the monkey off his back. Where you know right. it was he was so in his head. It seems like he's finally moved on from that. Where's he at on the on the odds? Do you have he's that? the favorite, ten he to one. The favorite. At ten okay. to one. Uh, Bryson is also up there. The, another big storyline is Bryson going to be able to just dominate Augusta like he did the U.S. Open last year. Uh, ten to one odds. Just watching this guy swing, it's going to give you a boner. He <laughs> swings out of his shorts and he just bombs it. Was that all for show that they had on Twitter? Him? No, that's that's his how he. Swings? That's how he swings. Holy. <laughs> Crap. It was a warm up. Oh, so I, well, no, no, no. Wait, that that definitely was a little bit for show. That I mean, that's how he swings. But that was an exercise. Like I yes, don't know if you read yes. either in those tweets or like there there were articles about it. That's well, thank you. That's an exercise on the range that he does to develop his club head speed, to develop that kind of stuff. Yeah, swing speed and everything. So yeah, he he swings like a maniac when he's on the tee during a tournament. But not like that video that that was being shown. Yes. on Twitter. I mean, that was definitely an exercise. Yeah, yeah, it's it's freaking crazy. I mean, like I said, it is. It's like the fact that he can get a, get a club going that fast. Just you gotta love the guy. Yeah. He's exactly the type of guy that we need in golf. He's he's so polarizing. You either love him or you hate him. 
Uh, he's going to be up in the making some noise without a doubt. The guys that I that I uh, always get my picks from, uh, his name is Kraus. Kind of a golf, just like aficionado. No other way to put it. The guy's picked, but he he's like a star at picking winners. He, he's of these a golf savant. Golf right? savant. He knows every Masters champion over the last like 30 years by memory. Uh, he picked Colin Morikawa to win the PGA, if you guys remember. And he was like 100 to 1 or something like that. His pick this week, John Rahm, 13 to 1 odds. Basically, his reasoning is John Rahm just had a kid. Uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, something about having a kid right before like a master's or something like that where you know there's such high stakes where I think it just kind of gives these golfers like a different perspective like you know what at the end of the day I'm gonna be fine however I do at this tournament I think it makes them play better so just something interesting to keep an eye on it John Rahm 13 to 1 and he's also very entertaining on the course because he loses his mind <laughs> if he if he play, if he's playing poorly so just somebody somebody fun to keep an eye on I could see that just a quick side story yeah. because two days it might have been three days. Two or three days after my daughter was born, we had uh, – so this goes with what we were talking about earlier where I'm not going to miss any sports. We had just come home with her, and but I was, I was playing in the ESPN Flag Football semifinals. Yeah. Game to go to the championship in the ESPN Flag Football League. No way in hell I'm missing that. I played, like, the best game of my life. I had, like, 16 catches or something like that. <laughs> had, like, the game-winning touchdown at the buzzer. So – yeah, maybe there is something to that. Right after you have a kid, you know, you see things a little more clearly. You're tired, but you see things a little more clearly. Nice. Like that? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I, I know when I had mine, uh, I played a City League basketball game that night, but I can't remember if I did any good or not, but I'm assuming I did. Good God. You didn't need to you didn't need to play in the City League baseball game. Good well there's nothing else to do. Yeah. There was nothing else to do. Fair enough. Uh so one last guy I'll throw out there, um, Tony Finau, thirty five to one. The guy's never won a tournament. But it's like I'm crazy. The guy's finished second like I think ten times. Yeah, he's always on so the board. He, isn't he? And he's a damn. He was the guy that fell apart when Tiger ended up winning. So I'm really rooting for this guy. He's a great guy, but it's just one of those guys that can't quite put the pieces together. But who knows? At 35 to one odds, this could be the time that he does do it. Do you have the same sort of excitement? Nope. I know it's the Masters, and you're going to be excited, but knowing that Tiger's not going to be a part of it. Oh no, it's not the same level. It okay. sucks. Yep. It, it sucks that I know. I know they're leaving uh, like a chair open for him at the Masters diner. Mm-hmm. He's doing okay from everything I've heard, but. It's not the same when Tiger's not playing well. Right. It just flat out isn't, and and we might not ever get that again, so it's time to move on. But I will say the emergence of Jordan Spieth, the fact that Bryson DeChambeau is just Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka is playing, like it's about as good of a storyline as we could have going into the Masters without Tiger. Yeah. So that's the one thing that's like kind of the caveat. No mention of uh, Dustin Johnson repeating, huh? Dustin Johnson, he's like he's not necessarily boring. I like him a lot, but he doesn't. He's never going to be like the big headline grab. So, like I said last year, he easily could be. Where's he he easily could odds? repeat. Uh, I I'm, don't, I don't have, have him it. written down. I just put put down some okay. of my favorites. All right. uh, but I'm sure – I'm guessing he's – if I had close. to guess, he's probably right around 15 to 1 odds, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Um, yeah, I mean, Dustin Johnson, it wouldn't shock me if he just goes out and wins again. One final guy I'll throw, actually, now that I say it, Matt Wolf. The most, like, kind of just legendary swing on tour. It's not necessarily ugly. He just has a weird, like, twitch before he swings. But he's kind of the newcomer on tour. Him and Max Homa, both hundred to one odds. I love them both. Both a couple of my favorite guys. Just something to keep an eye on. Could they maybe make a run at a hundred to one odds? Maybe put a dollar on them. Hmm. Not a bad thought. You're bringing up what we like to talk about: the athletes, the excitement leading to the Masters. You know me. I have to throw in my little political thing here. Oh, here we go. Okay, Georgia. It's taking place in, in yeah. Georgia. We know Major League Baseball stepped up and said, "Hey." With this whole voting thing going on, we're moving the All-Star game elsewhere. It's going to Colorado. Do you think we're going to see uh, some political 
stuff going on in this weekend with uh, the Masters, you know, with protest or whatever? I guess what is even I, – I, maybe I'm an idiot. What is even going on? What's the deal with Georgia? I don't even know. Well, they passed some, some rules that, you know, from the outside looking in – maybe, Matt, you can help me out in this, but it's uh, it's kind of voter suppression. You know, Georgia was a, was a big-time state that uh, congregated, and it mostly has to do with the blacks – frankly, down in Georgia. Uh, some of the rules that were put in place to help them get to the polls, it really helped Biden win the election by getting Georgia. But uh, Republicans down there now have put rules in place like um, they can't give food or water to anybody standing in line to go vote. That's just one thing. I mean, there's some other other yeah, things, too, okay. making it more difficult. And that that's really it in general. Okay, to answer your question, if there's a place that you're not going to see, you know, I don't even know, like, what, you're saying, like, the golfers would be political, or who? No, I'd say protesters outside. No, Augusta is such a, I don't even think I could get on, Augusta, if you are speeding through Augusta's grounds, you are kicked off the property. Mm -hmm. It's like five miles an hour. You could be going ten miles an hour. If you do that, you're off. So there's not going to be, there's not going to be protesters there. I I don't mean on the grounds. You can't even bring your phone in. Right. I mean, uh, the, what a mile outside the gates? Like uh, maybe there will be some protesters there. I, but I don't it's... know. I'm just I'm just thinking national news. You know, is this gonna is it gonna get ugly at all? I don't know. I just I wanted to throw it. that out there since baseball stepped in, and it's yeah. it's truly to me, it's a very slippery slope when when professional leagues get involved in something political. Anyway, I, I understand it, but it's 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 a dicey slope right there. I think. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, Jared, you're probably right. I don't. The Masters is pretty well like buttoned down, so they probably won't allow like if someone tries to do anything. But the weird thing about that is Augusta National. I mean, not that long ago they weren't even allowing female members. Right. And really, not that long, not that long ago they weren't even allowing black members. Yeah. So, and there's even talk of like why, why the tournament is actually called the Masters. <laughs> and, you know, there's maybe some things about you know, way back in the day with slavery and stuff like that, and it is in Georgia, and Augusta is a pretty, uh, let's just say, not very progressive area of Georgia. So, you know, there's all that stuff coming into play. But I think the one difference is, you know, the Major League All-Star game or, like, the NBA All-Star game uh, left Charlotte a few years ago when North Carolina passed um, some stuff that was going on back then. But, like, you can't, like, move the Masters. Like, that's where the golf course is. Right. So, you know, because I saw people saying, like, why can't they like pull out of Georgia and you know make the Masters somewhere else? And it's like, well, it's, I mean, you can't, you kind of can't do that. And then it's just like a completely different tournament. So right. you know, a little different than pro leagues. But I'm kind of with you, Ted, because if you start doing it for one thing, like where does it stop? So uh, it's definitely an interesting topic. That, yeah. would, that would require like a whole other podcast. Well, you got that right. I just wanted to throw it out there, just since Georgia uh, was yeah. in the news. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I don't think you're going to know about it. Uh, but it's it's messed up what's going down in Georgia. I'm not going to argue that. So yeah. hopefully it gets sorted out, and hopefully whatever the hell just got passed gets revoked or viewed, I don't know how, whatever process it has to have for it to get taken down. Uh, but yeah, like you said, that's that's a podcast another time, but, maybe another uh, genre. Yeah, but if there, but like I said, if there's a place where there's you're not going to see that, you're not going to see people sitting over a fence watching it like we have at other mass at yeah. other tournaments. That's true. it is so buttoned down there. It's crazy. That's what makes it so cool. That's what makes it, you know, the Masters. Where does where does it awesome. fall on your bucket list? I know you're a big Kentucky Derby guy. It's I to be honest, if you, I would, it's probably number one yeah. going to a Masters. Yeah. I, I just want. I was, I, I was going to ask you, Jared, have you ever put in for the lotto? Do you ever get on there and do the lottery no, to get tickets? I, 
I should. I, it's just it's. I mean, the thing is that the amount of money I don't have. Like it's crazy how much it costs. Plus living in hotels and all that other stuff. The gear I would probably buy five hundred dollars worth of gear. <laughs> um, it, it's up there. It's way up Actually, there. I would rather honestly. I wish that Augusta. I just. I, I just want to walk the course. I, I'm more than necessarily watching a tournament there. I just want to see what the hell that course looks like. And what sucks is the only way I'm gonna be able to do that is if I go to a Masters. So it's just actually the the one thing the one thing about it though is I've had a, a number of friends go or people who I work with either gone as press or they've gotten hookups from being you know media credentials and stuff like that. So I know a bunch of people who have gone to the Masters. The prices, like you're talking about, beers being expensive, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like the pimento cheese sandwich is like the famous thing there. It's only like a buck or two. Beers, they keep them cheap. So I think that's like the thing is they keep all their concessions and everything. Even like the um, like the, the merchandise, like, you know, hats and jackets and stuff like that. They keep it cheap because it's basically it's like a, a privilege to be at the tournament. So they want to like treat you well. So I, and it's just one thing I've, I've heard people say, like, you would think that. You go to Comerica Park in a Bud Light. Sixteen dollars. <laughs> you would think if you go to you go to the Masters, you would be the same thing, yeah. and it's actually like two or three bucks for a beer. So, so yeah, pretty yeah. cool. That's definitely high up on my bucket list. I don't know if I'll ever make it there, but it would be awesome to go see one. While we're while we're talking about this, see, I, I've talked to some buddies. I know you guys know that I'm more of like a, I enjoy golf a lot. I, I like golfing, but I'm definitely more a casual mm-hmm. golfer and golf fan. But I've talked to some of my friends who are like big, huge, like diehard. I mean, maybe like Jared or even more like Jared into golf and I've been like, man, obviously the masters would be cool. Going to a U.S. open would be cool depending on what course it's at. I would love to go over to the open championship and go to one of mm. the, like the old courses, yeah. go to one of the like original golf courses when it's at like St. Andrews or something like that. I mean, obviously that would be, that would be a, a vacation. You'd have to save and, you know, make a vacation out of it. But that, that's the one to me. I mean, yes, the masters would be cool. But if I could go over there and chill in some of those pubs over there and talk to the people who, like, basically invented golf, that would be so cool. Yeah, I know people. I know some people that have actually done that and actually golfed at St. Andrews. How cool would that be? Really? Yeah. It would be. It, the one thing, it, it, I just wish that those courses were more scenic. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but there's no trees. And right. it's just, like, long bombs and huge greens. Like, it, 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 I'm sure it's still sweet as hell. Like you said, St. Andrews, I would definitely want to go there. But why? Why the hell is the Masters? Why is it so secretive? Why? Like it just—it's you know—it's what makes it cool. But you talk about one course that, damn! I just really want to see what the hell that place looks like behind those gates, and it just sucks. So there's no way to possibly get in there. I can't imagine off. I off can't Masters imagine. weekend. I mean, people golf that course, don't they? The members. Yeah, it's almost impossible to become a member there. Yeah, uh, like I'm. I've. It's. It's. It's nearly impossible. It. If you play it, you're not allowed to bring your phone out. Usually, if you right. play it, you're not allowed to like really talk about it. Like Jake Owen, a country music guy, he has played, played it a few times, and people will ask him on podcasts, like, "Hey, what's it like?" And he's like, he, he "If you say. talk about it, you're never going to be welcome back." Oh, so it's like it's just it's insane. And I yeah, I mean, like I said, I've never personally like tried to, but I, it seems like if there was ever a place where if I got caught on those grounds, like I'm going to jail for a night probably. Wow. So it's just I don't know, just crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I, I've listened to some podcasts and heard again just some people who I work with who have covered the tournament and stuff. And that's what they've said. Even for media, like you can't necessarily. It's changed now, obviously, because so many people in the media use their phones to take pictures or you know to do other stuff. But you know, it used to really be like that. Like you, if if you were going to try and take pictures or something like that, 
it had to be like a camera. You couldn't have your phone out, even if you're media. So it is kind of crazy how like I don't know like how how tight they keep things, like how tight the ship is that they run around there. But I think they're trying to like keep that allure up. You know, we're Augusta National, like we're above all the other tournaments and stuff like that. But it it would be pretty cool to go to. Well, it's going to be a good weekend. I know what I'll be doing Sunday afternoon for sure. Napping. Napping until I wake up to watch the end of the Masters. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Hey, before we wrap up, I do want to, uh, sometimes we like to send shout-outs to the high schoolers out there, and New Lothrop made another nice run in wrestling. Isaiah Pasek, he was a standout in the football field. He finished a 25-0 and season in the 285 championship, and Cam Orr, I don't know if you saw it, he lost a heartbreaker in overtime at 215 pounds to Caden Ferris of Delton Kellogg. Ferris tied the score with five seconds left, and it went to overtime, and Orr lost. So he had an undefeated season last year and made it all the way to the championship this year and just lost out. And New Lothrop lost the team title in Division Four to Clinton, but still quite a program over there for the Hornets. Yeah, quite a program, and I, they got enough titles to go around for everybody in Chelsea <laughs> 28, County. So. 28 of them. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll be right back there next year. That's Absolutely. what's crazy. In football, wrestling, baseball, whatever, they'll be there. All right, fellas, let's call it a podcast. That's a wrap. Follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5, the castle also. Please consider a donation to the ALS Association, Michigan Chapter. Still no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease in every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.